I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, we're back. Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. What a weekend in the NFL as the divisionals are set. Jason Fitz joins us every single Monday here on the show. Catch him on ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas, Sports Center on Snapchat. The man does it all. Fitz, what's up, baby? Just living that dream. How y'all doing? All is Pretty good. Food. All is good. So... It was a it was a major weekend in the NFL. What was if you had to if you had to narrow it down? What's the most sort of profound thought you came away from the weekend with? If Josh Allen had a star on his helmet and was the quarterback of the Cowboys, the lead topic today would be he risks too much of the football and you mm. can't trust him doing a Super Bowl. Wow! I, I, like, look, I, I love the Bills. I love who the Bills are, and like all of America, I'm rooting for the Bills. But, my God, all season, if you go back and watch Josh Allen, he's been pushing the ball where he doesn't need to push the ball. He's been holding the ball when he doesn't need to hold the ball. And that reared its ugly head in this game. I'm not saying every pick is always the quarterback's fault, but, my God, Josh Allen is at times reckless with the football. And because he makes two or three plays that are, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomesian, we forgive all of it. But, like, if he was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, the lead on first take today would be you can't trust Josh Allen. And he's got to play better in these playoffs if they want to have a chance to win these football games. Uh, I think that's well said, Fitzy. In terms of whose win you were most impressed impressed with, uh, which one was it? I think San Francisco, because Brock Purdy looked so uncomfortable in the first half and then made it very clear that it's going to be impossible for Trey Lance to ever start for this team in the second half. Right? Like Brock Purdy has become this, this story, and, and I was really surprised by the game plan. I thought that they would take it out of his hands. They didn't. It took him a long time to settle down, but I think the way he settled down was just the 49ers roster was able to survive him getting the yips out. And then once he got the yips out, they went on a roll. So now that, now that he's got that out, San Francisco feels wildly dangerous to me. Yeah, so, I mean, what do you do there? I mean, is it just as simple as, all right, we're going to – Trey Lance is going to be available for trade? Like, is that sort of the – I mean, what, what goes into that? Yeah, Trey Lance and Jordan Love are sitting in the same boat at this point. Like – we have no idea if either of them can actually play. I think Trey Lance will be trade bait. Uh, you know, e- even the concept is some people I've talked to have been like, no, they'll go open competition. Guys, I think the 49ers going to the Super Bowl might win it. You want to tell me that a rookie quarterback that doesn't lose a single game and gets to the Super Bowl, you want to tell me he's going to compete for the job? This this is Brady yeah, all be, over again. We are watching yeah. Brady all over again. And when you watch Brady do what Brady does, it takes a, a, a certain kind of coach to be at a huge contract. And Belichick was like, nope, we're not going to do it. We're not going to let that ride. I think Kyle Shanahan's the type of coach to do the same exact thing. I, I would be stunned right now if Brock Purdy isn't the clear-cut 
starting quarterback for the next generation for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I can under, I guess I could make a case of understanding Mike McDaniel freezing up, even Staley getting conservative because those guys are, are, are new to this, relatively speaking. But what was Harbaugh, who isn't new to this, doing at the end of that game, not using a, a, a timeout fits? Yeah, I, I couldn't understand. Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's not new to this. I thought that was on yeah, him. And- I feel like, by the way, your point is one that we're going to talk about today on Fitz and Harry, that we learned this weekend that coaching experience matters. Like uh, the, the coaches that have been around the playoffs more handled the playoffs better, for sure. I am stunned by the absolute mismanagement by Harbaugh. And guess what? So's this team. Like J.K. Dobbins coming out and saying, like, I should have gotten the ball in the red zone. That wasn't him trashing the quarterback. Yep. That was him trashing the play calling selection. And, and it is absolutely abysmal to think the opportunity they wasted in a game where I thought the Bengals were going to ride that thing and just absolutely destroy the Ravens. It did not turn out that way. The Ravens' defense in that front seven was disruptive. The Bengals have some things to clean up before they get into this next playoff matchup, but the Bengals had a real chance to win that game, and they just they stepped on themselves multiple times, and that's not what we're used to seeing from a Harbaugh team. Like I, I think that, that as much as we want to talk about having a third-string quarterback – or a second-string quarterback. That's not what hurt the Ravens. Their coaches did. And think about saying that out loud. Like, that's not what we're used to from Baltimore. What, what do you think happens there with Lamar, who obviously you know didn't travel with the team? You know, Everybody around the team would tell you he was limping around, couldn't go, but they did say afterwards, man, wish we would have had him. What, is, what do you think happens there? We just slap the franchise tag on? You think Lamar doesn't come back? What, what's going to happen? That's going to come to a hit, it feels like. Yeah, well, and by the way, uh, look, it's, uh, I'm the farthest thing from a pro athlete. You guys know that. But I slipped a disc in my back a couple of years ago to the point they thought I was going to need back surgery. And the the doctor came to me and said, whatever you do, don't step on an, on an airplane for the next few months. And at the time, I was still going back and forth between Nashville and Connecticut. And I was like, well, it's a 15-hour drive. And he's like, yep, you are better off sitting in 15 hours in a car with your back hurting than you are getting on a flight for an hour because once you get elevated, the swelling will go through the roof and it will jack your back up. What did Lamar tell us last week? That there's still incredible swelling in his knee and there's no stability. He shouldn't be on a plane. Like to me, medically, this makes sense. But what all of this says is that the organization's not being transparent and he feels like they've stabbed him in the back. That's the only way I can read this, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that he feels that way, I I think the most likely scenario is they're going to franchise him and then they're gonna look for a trade partner and try and move on. And let me tell you, the trade market for Lamar Jackson will be a very, very viable, hot trade market. I mean, they're, you're talking three ones, uh, uh, a two and a three, which is what they got for Deshaun. No way he goes for less than that. But also, guys, there are 10 teams that would line up to give him that right. Like the Jets would give him that right now. Heck yeah. <clears throat> Maybe the Raiders, right? The Raiders, too. The yeah. Raiders are 100% on those. The Raiders would, yeah. Um, on the other side of that, you know, Cincinnati for so much of the season after the after the slow start has just looked incredible. Uh, we saw what they did against Tampa Bay. We saw what they were doing against Buffalo. But I don't know. I thought Buff- uh, Baltimore last night, even in a loss, kind of exposed some cracks uh, in Cincinnati. They lost another offensive lineman, and the, and the truth of the matter is, is that yes. Cincinnati won the game, but the deciding touchdown was a, 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 a touchdown I've never seen in my life. I mean, a 99-yard strip sack fumble from the goal line on a quarterback sneak. I've never seen that in my life. Um, I come away 
a little pessimistic about the Bengals, especially if the if the Bills, for example, next week can blitz and will blitz. What what do you make of what you saw last night from Cincinnati? I thought Cincinnati was too careful, right? Like I thought, and, and too let me say stubborn. Stubborn's a better word. They came in with a game plan, and once Jamar and, and the guys weren't getting open right away, they didn't really have a, a secondary option for it. So I felt like the game plan did not take advantage of their offensive skill at all. So. I wonder how much they'll go back this week and say, okay, how do we mix this up? Because, uh, guys, before the uh, awful, tragic Hamlin moment that we all remember on Monday Night Football, the Bengals were moving the ball easily on the Bills, right? So, you know, there's this offense that we've seen all year from Cincinnati that can absolutely destroy anyone from anywhere. Last night, it wasn't happening, and they weren't able to get comfortable. And it just didn't feel like there were a a set of plays they could call that would change the way their offense was rolling. So – I look squarely at Coach Zach Taylor and say, man, you've been here before. You've got to have a if this and that, a choose-your-own-adventure way that you're turning this thing around. He didn't. I thought they were too stubborn in the game plan, didn't have any way to veer once they started to get hit. I would be stunned if that's the case against Buffalo. We're talking to Jason Fitz. Uh, catch him on ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas, Sports Center on Snapchat. He is the man. <clears throat> um, I know, uh, you know, Brandon Staley is a conversation, but I want to focus on the winner of that game first. How many quarterbacks currently playing do you think would be able to respond to a four-interception first half the way Trevor Lawrence did? Two or three. You know, I mean, seriously, it takes the level of, we always say on our show, grapefruits that Joe Burrow has. Like, here's what's stunning about it. If you watched a couple of weeks ago, there was an interview with Trevor Lawrence, and he talked about it. Somebody asked him, Jeff Darlington asked him, what changed about his game after week nine because he's leading the league in completion percentage and all sorts of stats since week nine. And he said, my confidence. And he's like, somehow I forgot that I can play this game. And he was like, I needed to get my confidence back. And once that happened, because he's like, I don't think you can be great at football without confidence. When I saw that first half in the four picks, I thought, man, for somebody that's openly talked about confidence, where is he going to find it right now? And he never lost it. Like there was a calm, cool demeanor to Trevor Lawrence and this is a reminder that Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and Zay Jones, like you go up and down that list, they can score on anybody from anywhere at any time. And it's wild to me that the Chargers did the one thing in that game that the Jags never did. Chargers got tight. Mm-hmm. And when the Jags kept oh, yeah. turning the ball over, the Jags never got tight. Like, how does that happen, right? You know, so that speaks to Doug Peterson with the been there, done that. Like, I can walk through this system. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It speaks to coaching. It speaks to Trevor Lawrence's you know, chutzpah, it speaks to all of that. And I think that's the real game changer there. We, we've got to take this Jags team seriously for the next generation because they look like they're going to be good for a really stinking long time. Well, what about this weekend? Because I was watching the Cincinnati game last night and I was thinking, you know, because you know, my brother-in-law is a massive Jags fan. And, and so I, now that you know, the Raiders have been eliminated for so long, I've adopted another AFC team. <laughs> and, and so you know, I, I'm pulling for them. And I was like, please, don't let Baltimore win this game because I don't want the Jags to have to go to Buffalo. That feels like a much worse matchup for the, the Jags and the Chiefs. Do you agree with that? I, I just feel like they can keep that game close against Kansas City and maybe have a chance to win. I feel like they match up much better with that team than Buffalo. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all, actually. And You know, Kansas City's got their own defensive issues, and now they're going to have to account for all of it in this game, right? So Kansas City's going to have to do what they don't always do well. They're going to have to play really fundamentally sound and not make a lot of mistakes. There were a couple of moves last night they pointed out in the broadcast that were like quick double moves that – you know, we're just absolutely ripping the Chargers, who are supposed to be a much better team out of part. So 
I think discipline on defense is going to matter. And, you know, frankly, Kansas City hasn't always had the best discipline in their in their coverage. You know, so I think that's a real advantage to the Jags, obviously. And the fact is the Jags are one of the few teams in the NFL that can beat you a lot of ways, right? Like if their running game isn't working, their passing game can beat you and vice versa. So the ability to know that you got that guy you can lean on in ETN, but also you got that guy at quarterback position is a luxury very few teams have. So I think the Jags are in a situation where they can at least play it close. Can they shock the world? Can they shock Kansas City? I don't know. But also, I mean, how many of us thought this weekend would be as close as it was every single game? Remember, this this year has set a new NFL record for most blown double-digit leads in any season, most blown double-digit halftime leads, and most blown halftime leads. Mm. So what that tells us is that, like, at the end of the day, scoring is the way that you're going to win in the playoffs, not defense right now, I don't think. So if, if that's the way you're going, man, the Jags can score on anybody. Fitzy, I'm not necessarily predicting it, but if Dallas does go down tonight to Tampa Bay, can can you justify if it, it, moving on from from Mike McCarthy? You know, I've, I've always I've had my doubts in McCarthy, but it would be two 12 win seasons. Are, are you moving on from him to go try to get a Sean Payton, whoever you got to get? Only if he's the reason that you lose. Like if Dak goes out and does what Dak has done over the last month and he just makes dumb reads that don't make any sense. The number of smart analysis that we've seen over the last week pointing out on the rosters, like, hey, uh, on the all 22, here was the read, here's where the ball was supposed to go, and here's where it went instead. And the more I watch that, the more I realize that right now there's a problem, particularly with Dak. And I don't know how you fix that. Like, how do you fix suddenly not seeing the field the right way? If they go into this game and they lose it because of clock management or they lose it because of timeouts or they lose it because – you know, the plays are taking forever to get in like they were for the Dolphins. Like, if we can look at it and say the coaches weren't good enough, then McCarthy, yeah, I think he's absolutely going to get fired. If they lose this game in an instant classic to Brady marching down the field and doing Brady things, then no. I, I, I think that I, if I had to choose right now, either, neither, or both, on whether or not Brady's with another team next year and whether or not McCarthy is not the head coach, I would take neither. I think Brady's going to be back with the Bucks. I think wow. McCarthy's going to be back with the Cowboys. I think we just love to talk about both of those brands so much. Why, why are you saying these things? I, I don't understand. Ryan why. Clark says I mean, he's coming to you. Yeah, Fitzy. I, mean, I, just, I feel like you can't be saying these things. You have to. You have to yeah, speak it into thing, existence. Like, everybody says Brady to the Raiders, and I ask you: Does Brady to the Raiders give him a better chance to win a Super Bowl next year than Brady to the Bucks? He's in a bad division in the Bucks. He can pick whatever he wants to be around him with the Bucks. They're, they can. He can nice. fire the coach if he wants tomorrow. Like. They're going to give him total autonomy to do whatever. And all he has to do to win a Super Bowl is just get into the dance. And he can get into the dance easily in a division that includes Carolina you know, and, and the Saints like I'm, and the Falcons. Like, I'm not scared of any of those teams if I'm Tom Brady. If I go to the AFC, now i got to compete with the Bills, the Bengals, just for wild card spots, too. I'm going to have to compete with whatever the Dolphins look like they're going to be. You go up and down the list. And in my own division, i got to beat and compete with Mahomes and Herbert. Like, I just don't understand. I think the Raiders will make an aggressive move for Tom Brady. I think there's a better chance that I wake up tomorrow as Harry Douglas than there is of Tom Brady deciding he wants to play for the Raiders. Oh, that's depressing. I was I was really, really hoping to get recapture that Rich Gannon late magic. You know what I'm saying? I, that's in my mind. Oh, Rich Gannon all over again. MVP season. Let's go. I mean, it would certainly make the Raiders interesting. And the Raiders are going to have to be very aggressive this year because – you can't afford to not have stars. You can't afford to not play well. You can't afford to not have billboards, right? There's a reason that they, the whole city thrives on name recognition. So 
they're either going to have to draft a big name or they're going to have to find a big name. Like, to me, there's no chance Brady's coming. To me, there's no chance Jared Stidham is the starter next year. Right. There's no chance they go into rebuild mode. They're going to need a name at quarterback to sell tickets. Do you have any conviction on the the quarterbacks in the draft? Like, do you think all, like Levis and and Bryce and and CJ are all going to be good? And how aggressive you know should teams be when it comes to trying to get one of them? One of the insiders that I really trust that talks to teams talked to the Texans a couple of weeks ago. And the Texans said they would rather have Derek Carr than any of the quarterbacks in this draft. Wow. So think about that for a second. Bryce Young, they're scared of because he's small. And I don't mean short, like frail in, in stature. Like Bryce is a little dude. And so I think that scares a lot of people. C.J. Stroud, frankly, answered a lot of questions. But y'all, like, I don't know this yet. We haven't heard anything confirmed yet. But the rumor mill this morning around college football is running at a random pace that yep. C.J. Stroud may actually be coming back which is to Ohio crazy. State, yeah. which speaks to the power of name image likeness and the money these guys can make in college, <laughs> right? Like, So now all of a sudden you're telling me Will Levis. And here's the thing. I, I watched, I've, I've rewatched every snap of Will Levis this season. I cannot believe I did that already, but I did. And the thing of it is, he looks like a quarterback, throws like a quarterback, can throw a football anywhere around the place, is stupid athletic. Like he is so good at so many things. And then I can't figure out why he consistently throws into triple coverage late. Like, he makes dumb throws against the defense. Not even like, oh, I think my arm can get it there. It's, why are you making a bad read against Vandy? If you can't figure out Vandy's defense, how the hell are you going to figure out a defense like Baltimore? So, I'm not as high on Will Levis as most people are, and I'm completely out on Anthony Richardson for the next three years. So, like, Anthony could turn out to be a good quarterback, but he's going to have to sit for two years to learn. So, like, I don't think – I'd rather address best player available any of these teams. Like, if I'm sitting with the first overall pick in the draft, I am taking Jalen Carter. I'm taking Will Anderson. And I'm just saying, see you next year in the draft when it comes to trying to get Caleb Williams. Hey, if, I, I know they handled him twice this year, but, man, Dayball, the job they're, he's doing with the Giants, don't, they don't have receivers, offensive lines been – you know. It, it, it leaves something to be desired, and yet here they are having knocked off the Vikings. You, what, what do you think about that one with the uh, with with the Eagles? You think anyway? Dable pulls another upset. I mean, I'm never going to say never the way Daniel Jones played. Like Daniel Jones just got himself wildly paid, right? I was already on the squarely like pay the man side, but uh, he was clearly the the most in control quarterback all weekend for four quarters. Played the game of his life. But here's the great thing. I read this article in The Athletic, and it really hit me. And it was about the way that Dayball hired his offensive and defensive coordinator. And the article pointed out that he didn't just interview them. He had every coach on staff on that side of the ball in every interview. Hmm. And at the end, like as they added coaches, they were all in the room. So when an offensive coordinator came in to interview, there were 18 coaches in the room. And at the end of the interview, when, he let, when that person left, all 18 raised their hand yay or nay on how they felt about it. And Dayball talked about the fact that everybody's going to be working with this person. So we as a community need to feel like that's the right person. That speaks to an understanding of how to create culture that I just don't think most coaches have. Like Dayball is so stinking good at getting the best out of people because he knows how to motivate people. He knows how to dial into people. He knows how to relate to people. Y'all like, I think that's way more important than X's and O's now in the NFL. Like he's obviously very good with that, but man, he has calmed this team down. Yep. And now all of a sudden for a team that doesn't have a lot of weapons, Daniel Jones is playing like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, and Saquon is obviously playing like a top three running back, and you can't stop him. So I got nothing but respect, and I, I will not doubt. I think the Eagles are more talented, but it is hard for me to doubt the Giants. And I love the fact 
honestly, coming off of a bye week, did the Giants and Philly get each other because they both have familiarity. There will, the coaching advantage here will be massive. Which coaching staff, when you've already faced a team twice, can find the little things on the third matchup, that's going to be a huge statement for Dable. Absolutely. Hey, Fitz, man, you're the best. Thank dude. you we so much, brother. This. Thanks, man. Have a great week. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week. That was Jason Fitz joining us every single Monday here on the show. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that he said uh, the NFL insiders right, right now, uh, executives prefer Derek Carr to all of the, 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 the eligible quarterbacks of the draft right now. Don't, don't you know what, what you have in Derek Carr? And what didn't he have with, with you guys? With Carr. Well, I think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get it. I think that's a short term view. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. of course you would take Derek Carr this season over those rookies. I mean, the, the, rookie quarterbacks don't typically thrive. It's about finding your franchise guy. But yeah, like, I mean, and, D- Derek Carr to me has proven he's not really a franchise guy. He's capable, but that's really, that's him. That's, not, that's it. But it's another question if you don't think any of these guys is one. Right. You know, any of these guys is a franchise no, that's quarterback. Fair. That's fair. But, I mean, Brock Purdy looks like a franchise quarterback, you know? I mean, it doesn't really take that much. I mean, you just have to, you know, you have to, uh, A, you have to have a, a, a really good supporting cast. I mean, I think that's the important thing. I mean, I think if you put most quarterbacks in a, in a situation like Brock Purdy, like what, what would Derek Carr look like in San Francisco, right? Uh, I think most would win yeah. with Shanahan. Yeah. That, that's the difference It just there. depends on what you have. In most cases, it just depends on what you have around a dude. I mean, it's you know, if you go go to a, a crappy organization that has no talent and bad coaching, yeah, that quarterback's going to struggle. I mean, that's just that's the math in the NFL. But I don't know. I, I If C.J. Stroud goes back to college, like, what? I, I don't know anything anymore. Like, what are we doing here? <sighs> How do you make more money in college than the NFL? I, 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 I don't think you do. I mean, that's insane. I, I still don't think you do as a top five draft pick. Give me a break. You got to go back to school and go to class. Right. And so what would this be about? <laughs> Not being the, the first quarterback taken? I mean, you're right there. You're top five. I'll be honest with you. If he goes back to school, drop him down in my evaluation. Like, because something's not, something's not right there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, isn't it your dream to play in the NFL and, like, you know, not have to go to class and, you know, win a Super Bowl? Like, you'd rather go back to try to win the Big Ten? You would think. You're, I mean, you're, you're, it's, you're, you're risking a lot and in that, terms and that, of your professional that career. Piece, yeah. What if you get hurt? You and know? your potential earnings. Yeah. I just, I, it, For I right now. Yeah. But, but, man, we live in a crazy time. And yeah. He'll, he's coming out. We, I, I, I have to believe that. But, I, I mean, I've, I, before Fitz even said it, I had seen those rumors mm-hmm. uh, going around. But it would just not make sense to me. All right. We'll come back, wrap this thing up on a Monday. Jason and John, 92 FM, ESPN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.